Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we'll bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. We had a major fire over the weekend. Yeah, officials are investigating the cause of the fire that gutted a former psychiatric hospital here in London. Fire officials tweeted about the blaze on Highbury Ave shortly after 6 o'clock Saturday night. They say the structure was heavily burned and the roof caved in, which made fighting the fire even more challenging. Now, a damage estimate has not been released. No injuries have been reported. The historic hospital actually closed its doors in 2014. Today is the first day of spring, but construction season is in full swing. Yeah, drivers can expect more delays downtown as road work begins today for construction of the Wellington Gateway Phase 1. Wellington Street will have reduced lanes between York Street and just north of the Thames River. That will last until December. Side streets like Horton, Gray and South will also have reduced lanes at the Wellington Street intersection. Now the Wellington Gateway is the third rapid transit project with construction set to wrap up in 2027. This is not a surprise, but the number of complaints from air travelers is on the rise. Yeah, number or the number of air passenger complaints to Canada's transport regulator is soaring, more than tripling to 42,000 over the past year. The growing backlog means each case now needs more than a year and a half to handle, spurring advocates and politicians to question the entire process. NDP transport critic Taylor Backrick uh, plans to table a private member's bill today that aims to close loopholes, increase fines and make compensation automatic for travellers whose flights are delayed or cancelled. She and John Lawford, who heads the Public Interest Advocacy Centre, says the passenger rights overhaul promised by the federal government for this spring needs to make compensation automatic in the event of significant delays or short notice cancellations. Last week, Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra pledged $76 million over three years to chip away at the backlog by hiring 200 more employees. He also vowed to end a loophole that lets airlines reject compensation claims by citing safety as the reason for a flight disruption. The leader of the federal conservatives has a plan to address a major problem in health care. In an effort to address Canada's shortage of nurses and doctors, Conservative leader Pierre Polyet is calling for a countrywide standardized testing process that would speed up license approvals. Polyev says his proposed testing standard, dubbed the Blue Seal, would allow qualified healthcare professionals to work in any province or territory that volunteers to be part of the program. Under his proposed program, healthcare professionals would be able to take a standardized test and receive an answer within 60 days, which he says would speed up the licensing process. Under the existing licensing system, each province and territory has its own processes to be licensed as a doctor or nurse. Six million Canadians don't have a family doctor, and many have been searching or on wait lists for months or even years. Well, if you want a deal on some high-end items, uh, you're in luck. A court hearing is scheduled for today as Nordstrom Canada seeks approval for a liquidation sale after announcing earlier this month it would be shuttering its Canadian operations. The company says customers can expect to find discounted items on its rack starting tomorrow if approval is received. Nordstrom announced back on March 2nd it was closing six and uh, Nordstrom and seven Nordstrom rack stores after determining there was no realistic path to profitability for the Canadian business. The upscale retailer hopes to wind down operations by late 
June. Nordstrom expanded to Canada in 2012 and opened its first store in Calgary in September 2014. It quickly expanded with stores in Ottawa, Vancouver and Toronto. The closure will result in 2,500 jobs being eliminated. This is one story that I think people will be talking about. A woman is suing Tim Hortons after she was burned by some hot tea. Yeah, an Ontario woman and her family have launched a civil lawsuit seeking half a million dollars in damages from Tim Hortons after she allegedly suffered second-degree burns from her or across her stomach, genitals, and legs from a superheated tea. Her lawyer says the spill happened last May and resulted in severe second-degree burns across much of her lower body and that heavy scarring is still present today. In December, the woman and her daughter launched a lawsuit against Tim Hortons, accusing the chain of negligence. In her statement of claim, She claims that the cup she was provided was faulty, that the tea was heated to an unreasonable temperature, and that employees failed to take reasonable care and warn her about the cup's uh, deficiencies. In a statement of defense, Tim Hortons denied the cup was faulty in any way or that there was an issue handing off the tea, suggesting the woman was at fault. Legal experts say these cases often get a lot of public attention, but very few are successful. Let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 1727, Sir Isaac Newton, the English mathematician and philosopher who discovered the law of gravity, died at the age of 84. In 1815, Napoleon Bonaparte returned to Paris after escaping his exile in Elba, beginning his 100 days rule. In 1899, Martha M. Place of Brooklyn, New York, became the first woman to be executed in the electric chair. She was put to death at Sing Sing for the murder of her stepdaughter. In 1939, Prime Minister Mackenzie King told Parliament that Canada would consider any attack on Britain an attack on the Commonwealth. In 1944, Lieutenant General Henry Cruar became commander of the 1st Canadian Army during the Second World War. The largest field unit ever formed by Canada also included British, Dutch, Belgian, and Polish troops. In 1964, the quiz show Jeopardy! debuted on NBC. The original version, hosted by Art Fleming, ran until 1975. It was revived as a syndicated show in 1984 with Alex Trebek as host. In 1984, Canada's first female broadcaster, Jane Grey, died. She was inducted into the Canadian Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame in 1988. In 1991, Speaker John Frazier killed a $153 a day bonus to senators for simply showing up to work. In 1999, Swiss doctor Bertrand Picard and British pilot Brian Jones became the first people to fly around the world nonstop in a hot air balloon. They traveled 42,000 kilometers in just under 20 days, touching down in Egypt the following day. In 2004, Stephen Harper was elected the first leader of the new Conservative Party at the party's convention in Toronto, exactly two years after beating out Stockwell Day as leader of the Canadian Alliance Party. On this day in 2009, two separate roadside bombings in different districts in North and West Kandahar City in Afghanistan claimed the lives of four Canadian soldiers and wounded eight others. In 2016, Barack Obama arrived in Havana, the first sitting U.S. president to visit Cuba in nearly 90 years, enhancing a new post-Cold War era 
in U.S.-Cuba relations. On this day in 2020, the worldwide death toll from COVID-19 crested the 10,000 mark. And on this day in 2022, while most provinces were continuing the slow lifting of COVID-19 measures, a new subvariant of the highly contagious Omicron strain BA2 was detected stateside. Happy birthday to Alex, whose birthday was yesterday, and to Alex, uh, sorry, Alice, who turns 73 today. You share a birthday with former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, who turns 84. Bobby Orr is 75. Spike Lee turns 66. Kathy Ireland is 60. And Michael Rappaport is 53.